0: The Daily Tap is live for Friday. It is May 26th. We are talking about the Brewers Stadium drama. We are going to deep dive it all. We're going to get into all the discussions that were had today. Talk about it all. Get into kind of where I think it sits and where it will go from here. And try to unpeel the onion a little bit as we've done on other topics in the past we're also going to talk about drew holiday's comments about jimmy butler what that sort of means or tells or how sort of we should feel about it and then we'll talk a little bit about the celtics uh forcing in game six is this really gonna fucking happen uh, hopefully not and lastly i have a great story from my time at american family field tonight involving my father and his beer vendor days and we'll we'll talk about that At the end of this show, probably not a long show. I know when I say this, it ends up being 45 or 50 minutes long. I do think we're trying to keep it short. I know Fridays are a great listen day for us, but it is a holiday weekend. A lot of you had off. Hopefully some of you were out at Lucid supporting Shaken. Remember, he's at Revel tonight, and then he is at the Sophie on Saturday. If I have it my way, I might find my way, way there too. But I don't know if I have a lot of people out and about uh, this Memorial Day weekend. Before we get going, just a reminder, make sure you're following along on social media, the Keg on Twitter, Keg Sports on Instagram as well as TikTok. We had a cool Owen Miller video go up yesterday. Uh, make sure you like that uh, and make sure you're subscribed. If you're somehow new to the podcast, uh, you found us through TikTok, you found us through Twitter, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, we are on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're wherever you get your podcast. We are a Wisconsin sports podcast. We talk about all things Wisconsin sports. I did realize uh, I was going to talk maybe a little bit about the Omax news because it seems like uh, per some of the internet sources, shout out Bowles, uh, that Omax is not coming back to Marquette. I was going to do a, a bigger topic on that, and then I was like, I don't know. I, I want to tell the beer vendor story. I don't want it to be that long of a podcast. Uh, so we'll see. If uh, Omax does declare, and I have to do uh, a, kind of a quick podcast on whoever the Bucks hire as the new head coach on Saturday, because of course the Bucks couldn't hire a head coach before Friday, um, uh, you know, yeah, maybe we'll mention the Omax stuff. Yeah, I do a bad job of uh, sometimes covering college in their off seasons. Uh, it's just, it's hard to keep up with everything, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, but, anyways. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Brewers Stadium drama. Get into all of it. Try to explain it a little bit more, and kind of—I wouldn't want to say we all have resolution here, uh, but we will at least try to give you a better picture because there's a lot going on right now, and it's it's hard to understand and hard to understand all the details. And I think it's really important that we just go through it all and try to get to maybe not necessarily to a final, like a big old take, but get to a point where we all understand it, can talk about it at parties this weekend. I'm sure it will come up at your barbecues. So let's get into it. Earlier today, Dan O'Donnell of Wisn broke a story about the Major League Baseballs telling the Brewers that they need to get their renovations done, that the renovations need to happen, or they could be looking to relocate the Brewers. This drove everybody crazy. Everybody went off the walls. There were a lot of takes. I was mad at Rob Manfred, uh, as I feel like everybody should have, because it came off very much like, "All right, we've got the, we took care of the A's. Now the next up on the Summer Jam screen is the Milwaukee Brewers," and that wasn't the case. Uh, Rob Manfred then met with the media, talked about how the state has an obligation to pay these repairs. It was written into the agreement that the Brewers and the state made years ago to build Miller Park. And they have to pay up to $440 million in renovations. Now, do I think the Brewers have $440 million of renovations at Miller Park? I don't, or American Family Field at that point. Don't be surprised that I vacillate between the two. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think there are 44 440 million dollars worth of renovations. That seems absolutely crazy to me. Now I have to imagine it costs a lot of money to keep that retractable roof retracting, and that there are things that maybe could get replaced. Maybe there are color palettes, but I will tell you right now that they are going to need that. That the people are going to need to know what that 440 million dollars is being spent on. But I want to go back to the obligation and what Rob Madford talked about. The state agreed to this back in 2000, 2000, earlier than that, in the late 90s. They agreed to front these costs. This is like a tomorrow problem for the people in the year 2000. This is like giving Dame Lillard $60 million at age 38. Because you're like, I'm not going to have to worry about this. I'm not going to be a fucking office. I don't care who gives a fuck. I can push this down to 2030. That's when we think that state that renovations are going to be needed and we won't worry about this because we're not going to be office because either we're going to be dead or we're just going to be sipping Mai Tais in fucking Florida. So part of the problem here is that it was written into the agreement and I don't think that the Brewers or Mark Ananasio or Rob Manfred should apologize for the shitty lawyers and the shitty lawmakers of the state of Wisconsin. And also, let's get in front of this here. I'm not going to be political on either side of this, all right? So don't think that this is pro-Evers, this is pro-Robin Voss, this is pro Like This is just really trying to give you everything, giving you all the information and give you how I feel about the information that has been handed in front of us, all right? Just wanted to reiterate that before we continue on. So we have that part. Then we had Tony Evers try to basically solve this problem. He tried to push through $490 million Worth funding towards the Milwaukee Brewers, Robin Voss said no. Robin Voss said that we need to talk about it as a legislature, and that I don't think this is that good. That's a good use of public money. And there was a lot of debate about do the Brewers really matter to people outside of the five counties. I would I would totally disagree with the idea that the Brewers are just a five county team. I would say the Bucks are more of a five county team now. With the Anasans at uh, I feel like that le- there's less of that. I think they're more of Wisconsin's team than they've been in years past. But the Brewers are bring people in from everywhere. People take bus trips with their bars. People take bus trips with their country clubs. People, you know, take bus trips with you know I, maybe not an elderly home, but like everybody usually finds their way to a Brewer game once. You're able to go down to Milwaukee or even if you're scared of Milwaukee because you live in Platteville or Prairie Dew fucking Shane, you still will maybe, you know, stay in Brookfield or stay in Wauwatosa and you can spend a weekend going to two Brewer games. I feel like that happens more often than not. I've said before, which I took heat for on a, a previous podcast, this was, God, a long time ago, but I said that the Brewers were the second most important team in the state of Wisconsin. Now, a lot of people came back to me and were like, no, 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 it's the Badgers. And that's the Brewers. I, we, we can debate that uh, on a summer podcast. That's a mid-J- mid-July, absolutely knock it out podcast. But I do think the Brewers are very popular. I think the Brewers have a popularity in the state that matters. So with the state legislature saying, well, I don't know if that's a good use of funds. I think it's basically because it's not their idea. Because Tony Evers tried to slide it in to his budget for next year, they are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We are not giving you fucking credit for this because that's how toxic we are in po- in the politi- political world. And so now the, the lawmakers are talking and everybody wants it to be their idea. And that's where the challenge comes in. And they will hear from constituents that say, why are you using this much public money to help fund a stadium? Why doesn't Mark and Anasio pay for it? I think that's a great question, right? That's a fundamental question that I think a lot of people a- ask. And not to be disrespectful, I-, I promise that this is not. I know there are probably people listening who are not big Mark a fans, so bear with me. I think that's a little bit too simple. Like, I think you're not trying to think about this at a second level. And only, again, do not mean to be disrespectful, but just think here. Mark Ananasio, they're like, hey, you gotta pay for all of it. Fuck our fuck what we said in the lease, you gotta pay for all of it. You gotta pay for all hundred and forty million dollars. Mark Ananasio is selling this team to Nashville. He's selling this team to Charlotte. It's over. It's done. Because guess what? Cities in Nashville, cities of Charlotte are not they don't necessarily need need to worry about it. They can say, all right, well, we'll we'll let the public money come in. We'll give you the baseball team and you're all set up and you're ready to go so mark ananasio necessarily doesn't need to pay because someone will invest in in the brewers outside of the city of milwaukee now do i think mark ananasio should in a matter of good faith offer to pay 100 million or 150 million dollars of what's what's there yeah i think that would help i think that would help smooth a lot of things i think if there was a joint agreement that the Brewers and the state of Wisconsin were gonna pay this together. I think if the state even wanted to kick the can at five years and say, all right, can we you know, tack on five years? I don't think Major League Baseball would be that happy about it. I think that goes against what Manfred said. But I think if we had an extra couple of years, again, that is a tomorrow problem, right? And then four or five years down the road, when I'm 40, hopefully, I don't know if I'll be doing it. I shouldn't say I won't be, but if, if I'm doing this, hopefully making a little more money on it, because uh, I make none right now, we're not having the same conversation about, all right, what do you do? I, I think that there is a real chance here to make positive inroads, tell the city, tell the to people, exactly what your what the 440 is needed for right what those repairs help out i think if you are more transparent and you you know even if you maybe don't want to give out the entire thing but you just want to give out what are the three things that cost the most hey we need to fix the hinges on the roof because the roof is so large because the roof is so big we need, it, it costs more money. It costs hundreds of millions of dollars, okay? We need to actually put a coat of paint on the roof and let it dry and let it just be closed. And we have to do it in a matter of time. And because it is so large, the circumference of the roof is, is huge. Again, it costs $2 million, now, I, I get it, 400, $400 million is a lot, almost $450 million. I, I I totally understand what what you might be saying here. Or, hey, we need to replace all the, all the toilets in the bathrooms. Again, I'm, I'm talking in total hypothetical generalities, but I, what I, I think I'm trying to do, I'm trying to drill in here, is that everybody loves transparency here in 2023. Everybody loves Getting like a PDF of, of all the stuff so they can be nosy. We are nosy as fuck in America. We, we want to know all the details. This is why people have been wrapped up in the Tom Sandoval drama on Vanderpump Rules. Because everybody loves fucking drama. Alright? And everyone wants to know the tea. The text messages. The things that have been said. The, you know, all that bullshit. People live for that. And so... In a, in a way, to bring it back to the Brewers, like, I think if you put out, like all right, here are the 10 things we need to spend money on. And then the next 10, you don't disclose those because you're like, all right, we don't need to give away everything. And I, and I don't know if it's like competitive edge or you just don't want to be – you're not a public team, right? You're, you're still a private organization. It's not the Packers, right? If it was the Packers and they needed this money, they'd have to tell everybody because they're publicly – A public team but i i do think that if the brewers gave away a little bit of that i think that would help quell some of the negativity around making sure that the brewers get their stadium because i i will say this even though that there is a ton of negative sentiment around public money and and sports teams it is something that we haven't seen a lot of buffalo i believe passed one through and it, it was controversial then because everyone wants to wring their hands. But again, if Buffalo doesn't have the bills, what, what is Buffalo? And Buffalo had many instances where they might move. They have a brand new stadium coming. Ralph Wilson is a gem. I think it's called something else by now. Ralph Wilson's a gem of a, of a football stadium, but they wanted to kind of supersize what they had. And, and we'll see what it looks like. And they took on a lot of public money which was very controversial in the national space. But the Brewers are going to have to do something. The politicians are going to have to do something. To toss this around is scary, right? You'll start seeing news of the Brewers sniffing around other ownerships. What if Jimmy Haslam decides he wants to own a a portion of the Brewers? Jimmy Haslam's a Tennessee guy. Who's a team that has been yearning for a baseball team? Oh, that's right, Nashville. Jimmy Haslam, had famously, you know, was a minority owner for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then you know was doing that so he knew what it would like to be a full time owner. What's to say Jimmy Haslam wouldn't move the Brewers down to Nashville and take over that ownership versus being a minority owner for the Milwaukee Bucks? Something to think about, right? And the longer you keep throwing this football around, the more the walls start coming in and baseball would love to get rid of Milwaukee it's a small media market it while they do have a passionate fan base it doesn't do much for Rob Manfred and Co. a place like Nashville a place like Charlotte a place like Portland that could help that those are those are cities that have wanted baseball forever Salt Lake City another one and they could then thrive and thir- and flourish and get baseball into more markets that's what they want and it scares me a little bit because you have a you have a time in our society where no one wants to give an itch. no one wants to say hey i got bipartisan support for this every now and again there are bipartisan bills that come out but it's not necessarily like, yeah, so-and-so agreed to three things, and then, so, and then the other person agreed to three things, and, and that was great, right? Look at the debt ceiling conversation, not to get real political here, but it's like we don't have a res- we're about to hit the debt ceiling. We have no idea what's going to happen. No one can come to an agreement. Things need to get solved for, and they're not. And that's really frustrating, right? And then you have this situation. And are you know, Robin Voss is gonna to want to take credit, Tony Evers is gonna to want to take credit. How how do you make sure that each of them are sort of the facilitators? What needs to happen here? And will they ignore it? Will they say, All right, yeah, whatever, Rob? We're not gonna come back to the table until after the election. Election's a long time away. I realize, you know, we're having presidential announcements and everything else. But at the same time, we're still, it's that math here. We're still 17 months, 18 months away from an election. We've got a long way to go. You can't be in a lame duck period. If you had six months to go, I'd, I'd understand that a little bit. But there needs to be some conversation here. And there needs to be a way to push this thing forward and find ways that it's not only Milwaukee that Milwaukee and Milwaukee County that are helped out, but the whole state's helped out. Maybe it's a brewers bus, like kind of like a badger bus, but it's a brewer bus that picks up people and takes some brewer games. That seems like a dumb thing, but just throwing ideas out at the board to make it more amicable for everybody else. I don't wanna live in a world where there isn't baseball or basketball in the city of Milwaukee. And the bigger some of these cities get without teams, the more worried I get that that is actually gonna happen. Because I know we're not big, we're small and mighty, and that's what I love about it. But I also fear it when it comes to relocation. So we'll see what happens. We will see where this all nets out. I hope you have a clearer picture. Oh, I, I didn't talk about this, but I, I wanted to mention it. People are like, well, why aren't the Cubs getting this? Guys, guys, come, come here. Let's, let's, let's take a walk, as Will Compton would like to say. Let me put my arm around you and tell you right now. Chicago's the 3rd base city in the fucking world. Or not the, the United States. Chicago is a landmark. Wrigley Field is a mecca of, of sorts for baseball. You can be like, oh, it's a dump. Yeah, it might be a dump, but it's, it's a fucking buckless thing. And we've all been there. And if you haven't been there, you've got to go. It's, it's worth seeing. And Chicago has different different agreements. I don't know what their lease says. I don't, I don't know what that is. I'm sure there's something written, written in there that says maintenance is required in 2033. Let's just put a number out there. So to act like, oh, why don't you worry about the Cubs? Well, the Cubs are never leaving it's Chicago. And there will be renovations made to Wrigley. And I, I mean, I've always wondered like, well, Would they ever tear Wrigley down? Would they ever tear Fenway down? Those are the two that are just iconic and will forever be iconic and should forever stay. But who knows? You know, they're old stadiums, man. They're in in the 1900s, you know, 1910, 1920. It's crazy. But I, I, I really don't think that we should use that as a comparison. Chase Field would be a good example. Safeco would be a good example. Those are all places that opened... With retractable roofs right around when the Brewers did. If we start seeing similar news stories, well, that and if see how those bills are written, that's the thing I'd be doing right now if I were in Wisconsin State Legislature. I'd be asking for leases on a lot of stadiums, especially those with retractable roofs, and say, "Okay, here's what that here's what that team does. Can we apply it? Can we save a little money? See where we go, but." As stated, it's it's a big deal here, and you got to figure it out because the last thing we want is the Brewers in Nashville or Charlotte. Let's move on to Drew Holiday's comments about Jimmy Butler. He was on with Roz, I can't pronounce her last name. I, I will look it up. But Drew Holiday had some very interesting comments in that, basically saying that nobody could guard Jimmy Butler. That he was mad about it and everything else. But then he looks back on it and says, oh, it was kind of fun. Like, it was it was a good time. Like, I, I enjoyed guarding Jimmy Butler. Rosgold Dunway uh, is her name. But I, I just, I do not believe in the slightest that Jimmy Butler is sort of like this unstoppable figure. Like, that to me is such a wild comment by Drew Holiday, especially when he plays with Giannis Antetokounmpo and he saw Giannis Antetokounmpo shut down Jimmy Butler in 2021. I just can't get past it. Like, I don't want to go as far to say it's loser mentality, but it almost feels like Drew Holiday is trying to make an excuse. Like, Jimmy Butler was on another planet. There's nothing I could do. Nobody could guard him. LeBron couldn't guard him. Michael Jordan couldn't guard him. And that's why we lost. I, I just can't, I can't buy that. I, I actually think it's a, I, I wouldn't say a bad message, but it's it's a weird message to send. It's not a huge podcast. No offense to Roz. I'm not a huge podcast either. But so maybe it won't pick up that much speed. But I find it very peculiar, peculiar that, He's like, oh yeah, no one would have stopped. Him. That that just seems weird when you're a top defender. I feel like the better answer there is, yeah, I wish that Giannis was healthy and we could have rotated Giannis in a couple times here and there. I I hate that this happened. I've been I'm thinking about it all summer. Taking this motivation into the gym. I realize Drew isn't a rah-rah guy, but it almost seemed to me like it was like water off a duck's back. Maybe it is for an athlete. Maybe they've grieved enough that they, they aren't thinking about this these games anymore. But it's still sort of frustrating. It's still frustrating to hear sort of this almost cavalier, nonchalant thing from Holiday about, oh well, Jimmy Butler's is just, you know, he was just on another planet. I, I don't exactly agree. But what at least, needs to be considered if I want to defend Holiday here for a second is that Mike Boonholzer didn't really do him any favors, right? There were not a ton of adjustments. It was like, hey, go guard Jimmy Butler, figure it out. And we won't really worry about your scoring even though your scoring was a vital part of what we did as a team in the regular season. I think that for some, this is a tipping point of getting rid of Drew Holiday I think the Drew Holiday stuff has, it's a wild spectrum, right? People want to keep Drew Holiday. People want to get rid of Drew Holiday. Where I fall is kind of in between. And I I wish I do a lot uh, because I think the way my sports brain works is I'm never really that rash after I think about it. It's almost like I can be rash in the moment. It's like when you're cranky before you have a cup of coffee. Right, and then you have a cup of coffee. Everything resets, and you're like, "Okay, why did I get mad about that? Or why did I say that right when I got up in bet, out of bed?" And so I, I get the idea of wanting to trade Drew Holiday because in the playoffs, when he's doing his defensive thing, he exerts so much energy that he has nothing left offensively, and he's really bad offensively. And he's actually someone who you know takes the bucks in a step backwards versus forwards but I can also see wanting him because he's an awesome regular season player he's still a good defender in the in the postseason I will mark this Butler thing as an aberration and I think he could really help the team next year and he still he had a great year last year there is a legitimate conversation to have that Drew Holiday could have been a third team NBA player last year he was the guy that steadied the ship when Chris Middleton wasn't around. I think, again, it will all come out to whatever the next coach is. He was asked about Nick Nurse. He talks about kind of finally how he likes Nick Nurse. He also said he wants to retire Milwaukee Buck. So there's a lot for Holiday kind of riding on this. And it's just a matter of if the Milwaukee Bucks agree or if they want to go in another direction. The Bucs running it back with their core four is absolutely fine, by the way. I think we need to make that clear. As many things as we've talked for this offseason, if they run it back with their core four, I don't think that's immediate like, all right, I'm selling my season tickets or we're going back to the Herb Cole era. No chance. Do I think the Bucs need to get more athletic on their bench? Yes. Do I think a guy like Marjan Beauchamp could help next year? For sure. But I, I don't think just putting all those guys back in is going to, is going to be that big of a deal. I think even though the heat are trying to collapse here, I still think they look at it and say, oh yeah, the Miami Heat are you know made it to the conference finals. We should at least acknowledge that and maybe the loss wasn't as bad. But if we talk about Heat-Celtics here for a real, real quick minute, I didn't watch the game, I was at the Brewer game, which I'll explain here in a second. But the Celtics pretty much had full control from the start. They won wire to wire. It's going back to Miami for game six. Jalen Brown and others have been like, look, the pressure's on them. It's, it's on them to sort of deliver here now. I can't have this. I, I, I truly, truly cannot have this. This cannot happen. The Boston Celtics coming back and being the first team to come back from a 3-0 deficit, just like the Red Sox did in 2004? 2003, yeah, 2003. No, it was 2004, Aaron Brood's 2003. The 28-3 game from the New England Patriots. All these historic Boston comebacks. It has to end tomorrow. We can't. You can't have it, man. It it would be so fucking bad. Boston just really wakes up when their back's against the wall. It's incredible to watch. But at the same time, like, it, it, can someone end it? Can someone put them to bed? It needs to happen. And I, I really hope that it's tomorrow night. Because if it goes to a game seven... That is probably going to be one of the best Boston crowds you will ever see. Remember, the Game 7 for the Yankees Red Sox was in Yankee Stadium. Actually, Game 6, also in Yankee Stadium. That's a play-sock game. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's it's a huge matchup. It's a must-watch. I think I have to watch it with Mitch um, just because he'll be miserable. Like We're going to be rooting for the Miami Heat. And that's because we just can't see history. We can't have history happen. Uh, no way, no hop. All right, let's wrap up today's show. So I was at the Birmingham, and really weird. Uh, it is sort of weird, but a very interesting thing happened to me. I was with, there with my father, uh, who I go to games with, yeah, I would say, once or twice a year. He asked me if I wanted to go. I was like, yeah, for sure. I'm not doing anything Thursday night for Memorial Day short week, everything else, uh or well, short work day tomorrow. Yeah, let's get it. And so I, I I go to the game, we sit sit in our seats. I've we're probably no more than yeah, five minutes into our seat. And he recognizes the beer vendor. And he's like, Hey, I think we worked together uh back in like the early eighties uh in the left field corner at County Stadium. And they, they were, he's like, he kind of took him a while. He asked some questions. He's like, oh, I didn't realize who you were without your glasses. Because my dad used to have glasses. And they're like, oh yeah. And they they just start catching up a little bit. And they just kind of start talking. And it's cool. And he's like, oh yeah, it's been like 30 years. It actually had been like 45, which is so nuts. And, you know, it just... makes you think how old your dad's getting that's you know a whole other topic for another time and it it was this awesome like kind of just random connection i couldn't believe that my dad a remembered the guy b called him out c like just had these instant memories of his time as a beer vendor and then it's a it's like seventh inning. I get my last beer the, the night. And I get my dad a beer. And he's like, hey, tip the guy. Like, you know, obviously take care of him. And I said, yeah, great. And I, he has some issue with his card, And he he's, the machine doesn't work. So he like sits down uh, in the seat above us. Because it's not really a, a well-attended baseball game. And they just start shooting the shit. Like, it it was yesterday at County Stadium. It was incredible. They were talking about this guy, Louie, who ran the things. My dad, when there are little kids right, that the row up. And he didn't really care because these kids were ruly. Really, like, he was like, oh, these fucking kids are being loud. And I was like, all right, dude. I like, think <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> like, I don't know about you guys, but for my dad, I have to, like, settle down at least once or twice in public conversations like if a waiter doesn't come like he's just very like quick to complain these days and that's that's one thing that i'm getting used to as he gets older and I, I love him like I, I he doesn't listen to the pod but if he did like know that i absolutely love him and he means the world to me i just he just complains a little bit more than he used to uh that's that's all and so anyways, so back to the vendor, he's like, he's just like, oh yeah, Louie. He was a big fucking prick, big asshole. Like, <laughs> These kids are right below, doesn't care. Just so no filter. And Richard, uh, the guy, the beer vendor, is agreeing with him. He's like, oh yeah, Louis. like there were certain guys who wouldn't get beer. They would just get beer from Louie. Uh, and my dad also told a story about how a guy one time tried to give him a roll of dimes to to buy beer and then he he got the tip he got like the full roll because he counted it out and he was like this is crazy I have to imagine that being a beer vendor in the 80s and the late 70s had to be such a Weird time. He's like, yeah, and then uh the other guy was like, yeah, people got busted for drinking beers in the bullpen, and and they got fired. And my dad's like, yeah, I never did that. Which real follower, good for him. I I don't know if I would have been the same as a college kid doing this because that's what he was, but maybe probably. And it it was just such a cool like thing. Like it was a cool moment, and he also. The beer vendor gave gave us a eighty four All Star ballot, which I have two of them. I didn't bring them in, but it was like Wade Boggs, Paul Molitor. Uh, there was a Ripken. I think it was Cal Ripken. Obviously, Ozzy Smith, uh, Bill Buckner was on that list. Uh, Robin Yount, obviously, Gordon Thomas. Uh, just so many names, right? Uh, Mike Schmidt. It, it was it was just so cool to see. Of those, and I'm sure if I asked Ravel what I could get for an '84 All-Star ballot I'm sure he'd be like, "Well, wow, you get like 100 bucks, 10, 50 bucks." But it's just a little cool memorabilia that he gave, and he has a ton. Of, he has a ton of them. He keeps them on them That's great. It's fun. Shared it on Twitter. Did really well. Probably have to share it. I might share it on Instagram. I don't know. Decided. But I, I just loved. It was like I, my dad. I don't know. I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way or you know where. There's just moments where all of a sudden you start hearing new stories about your about your dad or or even about your mom. I think it's it's a weirdly cooler thing when it's your dad. I don't know if it's because it's like wow. I wish I did that <laughs> like that like, like that was kind of I felt I'm like should i fit a beer fender? Like, did I miss out on this? Camaraderie, this fraternity that I didn't know about. He talked, yeah, and he, he talked about some other guys. He's like, oh yeah, and, and then unfortunately had some health issues, and he's like, yeah, these guys go until they're in the grave, which is you know they that's all they know. I I just like I I really admired it, and I think it goes back to it was a, it was a pretty shit baseball game, not gonna lie. Like Burz didn't do anything against. One of the worst bullpens in baseball. Julio Turan looked good, which is cool. I hope it continues. Uh, and, but that was the highlight of the game, hundred percent. Even if the Brewers would have had a good night, right? Brewers won five nothing. Yeah, maybe the home run by so and so, and maybe you know the Tehran home run prop I put out their hits. That would be a cool that. But still, this beer vendor conversation would probably supersede it. I just, I, I love learning more. I always love learning more about my parents when I can. And especially kind of just cool little stories like this that are like in the grand scheme of things, meaningless. But it it it, it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun learning about that. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I hope maybe, you know, it wasn't too like I don't even want to go sappy but like too like oh inside baseball like no one really cares about your fucking dad and it being a beer vendor bro but it was uh it was fun man I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that part of the game and and just and never know you never know when you go to a brewers game what you're gonna get and that's what I got tonight and so I was thankful and I would say you know if you're old man or your mom wants to go to a game take go. Just do it. Just figure it out. And I, I honestly think it's an enjoyable thing just to go with your parent, no wife, you know, no no husband. If you know a female listener, I don't think we have a lot of them, but if you are, uh, or you know, same sex, whatever it may be. Uh, but yeah, go. Just yeah, go. Go by yourself. Go with, or just go with your family member. I think there's there's something fun about that. In baseball even with the pitch clock it's still easy to talk about a lot of things my dad and I ran through a gamut of stuff beyond just that and I you know I cherish our relationship with baseball I've said it numerous times I'm sure I've said it on a podcast but it bears repeating to wrap it all up the one championship I want in my lifetime is the Brewers winning a World Series because he just loves Brewers baseball. And I want to see my dad dad enjoy that. I want to share that experience with him of the Brewers winning a world series. I don't know if we'll get it with the way that it's trending for small markets, but that's that's the one title I want. Alright, that is today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I was I was short. I was short on the pod. I, I re I I was promises made promises delivered uh we will have a show on tuesday no monday a memorial day show uh if there is news of a bucks head coach we will have a live pod probably uh on saturday if they announce it, announce it friday if they were to announce it saturday i'd probably expect a monday pod so maybe we do ride on monday pod and just heads up i'm out uh for next friday so no no friday pod but we'll we'll take care of you the rest of the week so don't worry about that all right take care guys have a good one see you later have a great have a great memorial day weekend too um stay safe don't get too drunk um and enjoy it enjoy the long weekend take care of good one. bye